It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on all of your podcasting platforms. Even though we're difficult to find, we are out there. With John Mita, I am Joe O'Donnell. The Phillies are in the playoffs, John Mita, for the first time in 11 years. 10 seasons, 11 years. It's chaos, but they got there. And the Birds, well, the Birds are 4-0. It's a great Tom McGinnis says, are you kidding me? It's fantastic. Finally. Finally. It's hard to believe, Joe. Like, we were talking about this off-air the other day. It's like, literally, I think you and I, in our lifetimes, we've gone to, like, stretches where the Phillies haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Like, twice. Yeah. Like, decades. Like, that's wild, you know? Because before they, they, they got... They've been a franchise for, I think it's 114 years. They've literally made the playoffs, like, 14 times. Like, there's been a century of essentially losing baseball for this franchise. Well, I mean, they are the losingest franchise well, that's in the true. history of pro sports. Well, that's true. And it's too. not even close. Right. We tend not to bring those things up. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree. But they're in now. They finally piece it together. And uh, I was very happy to see them have to win that last game to get in. Uh, Aaron Noll pitched great. Kyle Schwarber with a couple of bombs, including the first pitch of the game. He sets the tone, sending one into the seats. And you know what? I was – my emotions were pretty high, John Mita. Like, it felt like they won the World Series, like a tempered-down version of winning the World Series, if that makes sense. And I know that's not – you know, the goal is not to just get in. It's, it's a step. But honestly, like, I'm, I'm happy for the franchise. I'm happy for the fan base, for people like yourself and everybody else that's watched – so many games over so many years, had so much heartache. I watched a video on Twitter last night. It was like two minutes long. It was like, I don't know if it was like Coldplay or somebody in the background, like uh, like some sappy-ass song, and it was just yeah. black and white footage, either still photos or some highlights of like probably 50 Phillies players that have come and gone from the Ben Revere's to the John Mayberry's to Jeez. the uh, Jared Eikhoff's oh, to – Carlos Santana. Or my uh, favorite, Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter was in there. Um, I mean, just like Kingery, uh, Roman Quinn. Like, just, I mean, like, if you watch it, like, I, I couldn't. Do you got to it to Yeah, it was, it was that good, dude. It was, like, laughable. We were like, oh, my God. We watched all this just dreck for so many years. Aaron Altair. Like uncle, oh, the star of the uh, where did he play? Japan, yeah, or, yeah, Japan. Oh, became, or the or the Korean league it was. Or it yeah, was yeah, Korean yeah, no, baseball. South Korea, yeah, yeah, South Korea. That's exactly right. And who else? And and that's where Darren Ruff became a star yeah. too. Yeah, they had so they had Cameron Rupp was in there, and so um, like it was well done because some guys it was just like a photo. And then yeah. some guys, it was like their picture and their name, and then like a quick little clip, like it was Roman Quinn legging out a triple. But then it was like somebody else. It was just like doing something embarrassing, dropping a fly ball or running into a teammate, or like so. It was a good combination, very well put together. Um, I thought so. Anyway, it just it it summed up perfectly in two minutes just how miserable of a time it's been for ten plus years as Phillies fans. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm just so happy for some of the players that have never had postseason yes. experience. You know, JT Real Muto, Gene Segura. 
Look at Eflin and Nola, right? How how they close that game um, together. Yeah. Eflin gets the save. Nola pitches great. I said that a couple podcasts ago. I'm like, is this going to be the same Aaron Nola? It's going to be key for him to be pitching well in September, and uh, he delivered, which is awesome. He did. And I like. And you got listen. It's all about getting in. I know it's a third wild card, and everyone's like, oh, they didn't earn it. And listen, I, I completely understand both sides of the argument, but let's just get in and see what happens because you never know. You literally never know. I mean, look at the Braves. Look at the Nationals. I mean, there's been a couple teams that just get in. They get hot. Things come together. Little luck comes into play. And next thing you know, you're hoisting a trophy. I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but what I'm will saying is, I think it's so important that players that have never tasted the postseason get to taste it, just like I said on the last podcast, just to give you that hunger. Like, oh, man, that was so great to see what this town would be like during that. Now, again, we're going to have to win a game in order to secure a home playoff game, at least in this first series, which is going to be a task. But I think it's extremely doable considering out of all the opponents to face, I don't know about you, Joe, but I think St. You know, to play the St. Louis Cardinals, I thought that was the best you know matchup for this for this team. I agree. Um, I didn't even think that was a possibility. I thought it was either going to be whoever didn't win the NL East. So it's news right. to me. It's the Cardinals now that it's been locked up with the Padres facing off against the Mets. So I hear you. Uh, Nola and Wheeler together have great numbers against Arenado and Goldschmidt. I saw that last night. Like outstanding numbers. Uh, so right. that bodes well. I mean, there are some questions with this team, right? Bryce Harper still hasn't figured it out, and the bullpen has been not near its best, right? There was a stretch in the summer where the bullpen was dialed in. Right now, now Brogdon, Brogdon's in a yeah. rut. Sir Anthony, since coming off the injured list, has been terrible. David Robertson can't piece it together. Right now, you sure. basically have Zach Eflin in your bullpen as a guy that's not totally imploding and, and vomiting all over himself. And so maybe he can give you a little bit of length. Maybe he's a two-inning guy. So if you get right. Nola or Wheeler to give you six, maybe Eflin sure. can give you two, and then you just got to get three outs. I mean, that to me is, I think, how they got to look at this thing. We'll see. It looks like Ranger Suarez would start a possible game three. As you said, all three games are at Bush Stadium. Uh, what a great name for a stadium, by the way. Uh, yeah. And so we'll see how the Phils do. I mean, let's, let's see what happens. I just don't want to get swept. I don't want to get embarrassed. Just oh, so all three games are there, right? Yes, all three are there. Yep. Mm, that sucks. Yeah. So you got to – I mean, that's the advantage of them winning the division, right? So they get the, sure. they get the yep. lowest seed, and, and, and from here the Phils, you know, yeah. they got to win two games. That's all it is. You got to go win two games in St. Louis. And if you do that, then you're in the NLDS, and you get your home games, and you get a more normal series, and you get a chance to reset a little bit. Um, and they sure. do have some time off, right? They most of the regulars got a day off in the second game in Houston, which was last night. Um, and now uh-huh. they'll get a day off after the regular season ends, which is today, the final uh-huh. game. Uh, so I think they should be rested. I think they should be um, pretty well set. And I look for guys like JT Romuto and Gene Segura, like you said, and Kyle Schwarber to step up for this team. If if Harper can figure it out, obviously that's great. If not, the train's got to move on. Uh, I'm sorry to say it, but that's the way it is. Like, yes, we need him, but at the same time, like, if he ain't going, somebody else is going to have to step in. Um, I'll be curious to see what Reese Hoskins can give you. Will the pressure get to him? Can he find a way to come up with some clutch hits and hit for some power, which we could definitely use? 
and play a clean first base, which obviously he's not really that consistent at doing, to say the least. Uh, can Brandon Marsh be a spark plug? Can a guy like Bryson Stott be an unsung hero for this team? Uh, will you get something from a Mayton or a Veerling in a short series, um, maybe off the bench? So those are things I'll be looking for. But Wheeler and Nola, obviously the keys. If they give you any type of a quality start, that's all you can ask for, and hopefully the bats wake up enough um, to play a little bit of small ball, to drive the ball with some power occasionally, and let's find a way to get out of this series and get to the NLDS. Again, for me, don't get freaking embarrassed. Come ready to play. Get some good starting pitching and some timely hits, and I think this baseball team will be just fine. The Cardinals don't scare me at all. Now, now, I mean, it's – listen, it's, it's three games, so – and, and the best part about it is we have two of our best pitchers going, which I was a little nervous that we and weren't going to have. Well. They both pitched well their last couple times. Right. And Wheeler was, you know, kind of coming off injury. He was kind of getting sprinkled back in the lineup late, you know, with some of his starts on, you know, as far as innings worked and how many innings he would get and everything else. But it, it, you just want to make it and you go from there. I mean, we'll, we'll see. And, you got to love – I mean, Schwarber has been so huge. Obviously, as a leadoff hitter, he's, his batting average is a little dismal. But at the same time, I mean, he's come up so clutch during the course of the year. So, yeah. hopefully like he – can... I'd like to see him be patient at the plate, right? I mean, if he yeah. can draw a couple of – you know, if he can lead off game one with a walk, if he can draw a walk in the fifth inning. I mean, right. he, he yeah. does get on base. His, his on-base percentage – I mean, the average stinks, but he does walk occasionally. Um, sure. To go along with his 200 strikeouts for crying out loud, but you know, I'd like to see him be patient at the plate, but just lead this team. I mean, one of the reasons they brought him in was to be a little bit of a uh, a vocal guy and be a leader in the clubhouse. I think we've seen that on the base pass um, after a big hit. He's he seems to be fired up. He's an emotional type of player. So let's hope he can keep that going. And and one guy I forgot in the bullpen is Alvarado. He's also been outstanding. So I'd say Alvarado and Eflin are the two guys you're going to hope can bridge the gap or close out games for you. Um, yeah. Anybody else, if they can give you a clean inning, thank the baseball gods. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do you sure. think they get it done? I think they do. I think they win the series 2-1. I, I don't think it, it'd be really hard. I think Rangers going to throw a masterful performance in game three, and then they'll win the game like 4-2 to two or something crazy. I don't know. That's what I thought. All right. I like that. I'll, I'll and then it would be, yep. can you imagine, you know, here's the crazy thing. It was like New York was so far ahead of the Braves, and it's amazing that the Braves oh, just came from behind. I think I, think I read that the, the Mets led the division for all but like seven days. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how, how they react. We'll see how the Braves, yeah. who are the defending champs, react. Mm-hmm. Um, did they expend too much energy to push and, and win the division? Um, you know, the Padres have been very up and down. They got it together, I guess, late, and, and they're locked in. Um, boy, I, I just – the Dodgers are an absolute wagon, but, you know, I, <laughs> I, I just really like the way they approached that last – that first game in Houston. They took the bull by no. the horns. They got big contributions – from an established no. guy like Schwarber, a young guy like Stott, Nola pitched great. Eflin, who's no. a great story this year, battling through these injuries, comes in and closes it out for his first career save. Like, it no. just felt like the team was like, all right, enough is enough. 
We're not screwing around. This is a tough series. Let's just go get it done. The magic number's one. Let's go get it done. And ultimately, but, they had to because the Brewers came back and won. So that was that was right. good to see. I think I think that like that's huge. Yes, it's huge. Exactly. Because you don't backdoor. I mean, right. you could say they backdoored their way in a little bit, but just to win that and just yes. just close out. I and mean, that's a closeout game. Yes, it gives, yeah. you, it gives you a couple days to rest right. up and set your rotation. Like it need to be done. It was a it was a must right. win, and they got sure. it done. And and I and I love that. Um, and the celebration, the stuff in the locker room, just awesome. Super happy to see them get it done for the guys, like you said, that haven't been there before, yeah. guys with the organization forever. So awesome, man. I was pumped. I was fired up. Um, Is you know, Thompson your manager for next year? What are your thoughts? You know what? I Honestly, I, I don't know. Still on the fence? Okay. I, li- I like the way he handled things. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, okay. it was a much-needed change from Girardi, right? Yeah. I just don't know. If, if he's, he's a, a long term solution. Yes, I don't. And I don't know the that hitch. I'll know that after a quick series against St. Louis. But the players yeah. love him, and that's important yeah. in the game of baseball. No doubt. Uh, also, quickly, Major League, just a real sprinkle in. What did you think about Aaron Judge, you know, passing the the American League home run record? He beats Roger Maris, had 62 home runs to end the season, or is going to end the season. What? Uh, and then the other question is, is he the true home run king, or do you still think it's Barry Bonds? Because that is going to be a huge national discussion. Well, and I appreciate that. That's what makes our sports community great. Is we can have these conversations, we can debate it till we're blue in the face. Um, here's my answer to that: Is Aaron Judge clean? I don't know. Yeah. That. Everybody sure. wants to be like, "Oh, he's clean. It's the new record. It's the AL record." Like, first of all, I I, I don't know. <laughs> How often? When was the last time he pissed in a cup? Do you know what I mean? Sure. Technology sure. has changed. The ways this you know skirt around these things has changed. Oh, yeah. So yeah. if two, if if all of a sudden we anoint him the next one, and then he, you know, I mean, two years from now, or a year from now, or three months from now, he's suspended. Like then what? So, um, sure. you know, the record is Barry Bonds' record. Like it or not, that's the record. It's in the record books. If it wasn't in the record books, it'd be different. Pete Rose yeah. is the head king. Like it or not. So this is something baseball's dealt with forever. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's across sports. Unfortunate <laughs> or not, it's a reality. As Eddie Guerrero, the great WCW wrestler from years ago, would say, <laughs> cheat to win. And uh, I'll leave it at that. But I, I, I will say this. I did like, I did like the fan last night who had the strategy of jumping down off the front row into like the, the, you know, the ba- into like yeah, the bowels of the, of the, of the outfield, right? Minimum made park. Yeah. Oh, uh, unbelievable. No, it was in Texas. Um, the Rangers. Oh, Texas. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. But so a lot of people were like, look at this guy. He was 30 feet from the ball and he like thought he was going to catch it. No, he was jumping in case the Jamoke that got it didn't catch it. Because that guy was going to be on the ground and be able to pick up that baseball. Like, that was that was a well-thought-out plan of, like, if the ball is hit in the outfield near the first row, but it's not near me, I'm yeah. leaping down because if it bounces down, I'm on it. Yeah, that was uh... – An amazing play. It didn't work out for him, <laughs> but an amazing play. Good strategy by that fellow. 
I did see the leap on Twitter. I go, look at this guy. Yeah, and go, some I'm... people are roasting him. Like, what's he doing, man? He was 30 feet from the ball. No. He was like, if this guy 30 feet to my left drops yeah. him, I got this. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the guy that catches the ball is like some, like, hedge fund director yeah. in Dallas. Yeah, he's I'm like, familiar. of all the people that – yeah, of all the people need to catch it, you know, the perfect guy to negotiate the deal for the baseball, you might say. But, God. What would uh. you What would you do, John Mita, if you caught that home run ball? It's worth say, – say it's worth $2 million. What are you doing? I'm taking that two million, son. Yeah, it ain't gonna too. be like no. It ain't gonna be like no fifty-fifty. Give half of it back. <laughs> what, if it was, <laughs> what if it was Kyle Schwarber or Ryan Howard or oh, yeah. Jim okay. Tomey? What if it was uh-huh. a Phillies player and you caught the ball in Philly? All right. Then I want season tickets for a lifetime, and I'll take one million. <laughs> <laughs> I'd cash out too, my friend. And here's my logic. As nice as the ball is, it just sits in your house. It sits in That's a case. It. If and you can find something that, I mean, you're lucky enough, it's like cashing a lottery ticket, yeah. essentially. I mean, I'm telling you, and I have plenty of memorabilia that's signed, and it's great. Yeah. It can be displayed, and occasionally somebody comes over and looks at it. But over time, those things fade away. And I mean, that's like it. a signature. Or yeah. the ball, a baseball. If you leave it like out, even if it's in a case, over time it will just get yellowed, like yeah. because of sunlight or whatever. So, um, you know, it might not be immediately, but ten years later, that yeah. ball doesn't look the same as it does the night you caught it. So oh, I yeah. say, I mean, flip even that my thing, new- get paid, yeah. and whatever memorabilia judge is willing to give up, you're like that would yeah. be my other option. If I ain't gonna take the cash, I'd yeah. be like. Hey, what's Aaron Judge going to give me that's going to be well more – like I'm going to get more value that's out true. of That's like true. Like a signed game. jersey or a bat saying, you know, home run king. Yeah. You know, 30 down the – 30, you know, 20 years from now you can cash in and make like $5 million at some crazy-ass auction, yep. you know? Yep, yep. Exactly. So, all right, that's where I stand on that. All right, let's jump to the birds, dude. They're 4-0. Uh, I'm not on the fence anymore. I'm not scared. I don't need a dog. I'm not being soft. They're going to wax the Cardinals this weekend. I can't yes. wait for them to beat the brakes off the Cowgirls after that. This team is for real. I'm done being scared. If they lose a game, I don't care. I'm ready to move on. Let's take this division by storm Woo. by going to 6-0 and and just stomping people until we finally say, you know what, let's give one to somebody else, right? Because for right now, this team is real. They're fighting through injuries. They're fighting through adversity. They're down 14 rip. I'm thinking the game might be over. No big deal. Run it down their throats, clamp down on D, and they just end up basically controlling that second half of the game against the Jaguars. Love to see it. I think they win this weekend. I don't care if the Cowboys are 5-1 and one or 4-1 and one when they come into the link. The Eagles are going to win that game, even if they don't. Even if the Birds lose the next two, John Mita, and they're 4-2, and two, I still feel great about this team. I still think they're going to win the division. I'm all in. If they stay healthy, this team is for real. Jeez, I mean, somebody's drinking the old Jim Jones Kool-Aid out of Minnesota. I'd like to have you on board. Um, no, it's been um, – you can you can just see the talent across the board. I mean, we yes. were talking off air, and Ruben Frank. I don't know the statistic, Joe. You can help um, jog back my memory, but it was something like 
Like on this season, they've had what ten takeaways and sixteen sacks, and they literally were taking the like the eleventh and the eighth game in the season to reach those marks. And this is just the defense alone. Um, they've held teams under eighteen points or fewer since Jonathan Gannon has been the coordinator. Now, listen, I get a lot of that has been Drek, and I'm not a huge Gannon guy. I will state that for the record from now until he brings a championship home here. But yeah, well, hang on. You didn't even want to give Jim Schwartz credit after he helped win a Super Bowl. So, well, that's yeah, that's true too. But what I'm saying is, it's just it, it's the the thing I like about this football team is Joe. They're just winning in different ways, right? It, every week it seems like a different way to win. You know, the first week against Detroit, they're in an absolute shootout. You know, their defense is still kind of getting its legs. There's some new pieces. And without playing in a preseason game, I think now you're starting to see the thing gel together, like as far as defensively goes, because like these guys are playing actual live snaps against an opposing football team. And now they're starting to figure out where they need to be. What what are the calls? What are the plays? And, and you can see that. And I think you needed a couple games as much as we hate to get off to like slow starts. But I think you see them coming together offensively again another way like this was such a sloppy game to be in i mean that's what a slop fest i mean being down there was just the rains blowing sideways i mean it was absolute misery so what did you need to do you need to run the football they suffer a couple injuries in the offensive line with isaac sumalo and jordan Malata, and they were able to bring in two different Two different backup linemen, and and Miles Sanders essentially had the best game of his career as an Eagle, and it also helped out my fantasy teams. Thank you, Miles. But it was just good. And and Jalen again, there was a tip ball. It was a bad decision on his part. Interception. The thing that I love, the moxie that he shows. He gets picked off. Third down, fourteen nothing, and the team doesn't flinch. They don't blink. They finally get some points up. Keep in mind, you know, that went for a pick six. So if you look at what the Eagles did defensively, they only gave up 14 points total. Um, but even though the scoreboard says 21, but well, they come yeah, back. That last one, that last one was, I don't want to say mop-up time, but, you know, it's one big yeah. play and they right. get down the field. So, I mean, again, like they did an outstanding job defensively. Right. Um, but, again, looking at this defensive line, I thought they would be – you know, one of the best in the NFL. They're certainly the highest paid defensive line in all of the NFL. But the addition of Hassan Reddick and what he's done the last couple of weeks is he's been that playmaker, right? You look at last year's Eagles defense, you're saying to yourself, who are my playmakers? Where are they? Who's going to change the course of a football game? You look at these three weeks in a row. And this is our first time ever that the defensive player of the week has come to the Philadelphia Eagles three straight weeks. It was Darius Slay. It was Brandon Graham. And this week it was Hassan Reddick. The last team to do that, to have three defensive players of the week in the NFC, was the 2000 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we all know how damn good that defense was, one of the best in NFL history. So oh, I was thinking maybe you were going to say the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom, but it goes back even further. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 22 years, and that and that's great. And, and look, it's 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 just this team; they're they're deep, and yeah, like you said, if we can stay healthy, again, I don't. It's great to get off. They're the only team that's undefeated in the NFL, and they just and they're averaging like 30 points a game. So it's it's great to see. I think the coaching staff has done a really good job of getting them prepared. I, they're very humble. You look at Jalen Hurts every time he goes in the locker room after a big win. It's just kind of staying the course, and and they're they seem to they seem to love him as a leader, and and guys are coming together, 
And this, who knows, this could be a special year. And the other thing is, too, Joe, you look around the, the, the scope of the NFL, just look at the NFC. You know, name some of the NFC teams that's they scary. Stink. They all right, stink. That's what I mean. The Buccaneers it, stink. The Packers yeah, yeah, Tom, stink. The Rams right? the, are a grease fire right now. The 49ers, yeah. okay, they have Debo, but their quarterback's pedestrian. Right. I mean, unless you're believing, and you might be, that the Cowboys are for real, I don't see anybody in the NFC that even makes and that's why I'm so on board right now. The NFC right. is brutal. Yeah, it's there for the taking. And then is Geno what, what Smith in Seattle, are they going to win a big game in January at the link? Not a right. shot in hell. Like, I mean, look, I just don't, I don't see it. We'll find out. You know, the Cardinals have gotten it together after a very slow start. We'll get a look at Ertzy, babe, Ertzy, babe. Um, but they're without DeAndre Hopkins, so they're yep. not as potent as they might be a few weeks from now. So you're catching them at a good time. Go down to the desert, stay out of the, you know, don't get sunburned before the game. Now let's find a way yeah. to get this win. <laughs> well, and the one thing about the Arizona game, and I'm with you, I'm extremely confident the Eagles can get this done. The only thing is they haven't won in the desert in years. Yeah, I know. Which is, but but if you hey, remember last last time they Trent, played, Hertz Hertz and Murray had a hell of a showdown against one another. And Hurts nearly pulled that game out, and he's a way better quarterback now than he was then. And we have way more weapons than yep. we do now. And how about so, James Bradbury with the play of the game, that pick on Trevor Lawrence? Unbelievable. Being a young quarterback that killed the that just killed the Jaguars' momentum in that football game. Uh, here's that stat you're talking about, John Mita. In 2021, sure. so last season, 17 games, mind you, the Birds had 29 sacks, 16 takeaways. In four games this year, they have 16 sacks, so 29 to 16, and 10 takeaways, 16 to 10 takeaways. So in a full season last year, 29 sacks, 16 takeaways. In a quarter of a season this year, 16 sacks, 10 takeaways. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, yeah, I mean, the sack numbers aren't, listen, they're not going to have 80 sacks on the season. But if you can get that type of pressure, but think about what takeaways do. We always say it. I mean, in all sports, in any sport, right? Like takeaways are so important. Turning the ball over. If you can win that type of turnover, a lot of times you're going to have great success. And, and the proof is in the pudding. And if you can give – the Eagles defense can give, you know, Jalen Hurts in the offense a short field to deal with and operate, that's only – and I feel like – this is what I feel like. I feel like if the offense scores, it just it amps the defense up. They kind of work both ways. If the defense gets a stop, then the offense is motivated, like, oh, we got to turn this into points. And it works both ways. And I think they 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 both feed on that. And I think that's extremely important. But I'm really liking where they are at. I'm not going, hey, we're going to I mean, we're not there yet, but let me tell you something. I really think it's there for the taking. And even in the AFC, you look at the AFC conference, right? I mean. There's some good football teams. You have the Kansas City Chiefs, and there's other good football teams. But there's not many that you're like on any given day. Buffalo is a great football team. But who's to say on any given day, like, could the Eagles beat the Chiefs or could they beat the Bills? I don't know. Did anybody think the Eagles could beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl with Nick Foles at quarterback? Probably not, but what happened? So I'm with you, brothers. I'm with you. Let's keep the faith. Just stay healthy. I mean – my lotta looked like I, I know you probably could, I, you you told me you rewatched the game, but being there, you probably didn't see it. They were working on the strength of his left arm, uh, which he fell on obviously diving to try and make the tackle on that pick six. So to me, if it's a strength thing, 
not so much range of motion. It's probably just a grade two shoulder separation. You give him a couple weeks and he's back. Uh, Andre Dillard came off the injured list today, so that's good. Hopefully they can get him up and running. I think you told me Sam Allo's got an ankle sprain, so we'll see that, how that progresses. Yeah. Darius Slay, Avante Maddox banged up. Look, I would honestly, I'd sit Maddox out to that Cowboys matchup. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if Slay's not 100%, I'd probably sit him. And look, Josiah Scott was not great, okay? Uh, I know the people, because of the win, they're saying he did an okay job. There were two major stretches in that game when he first came in and that last drive where they exposed and picked on him twice to the Jaguars, resulting yeah. in points. So basically the two touchdown drives the Jaguars got, in my opinion, watching the game live, were direct results of Josiah Scott not having his act together. So hopefully a week of preparation, he's a little bit more prepared. McPherson's done an okay job stepping in a little bit. And as long as Bradbury stays on that field and locks down whoever their number one is, um, right. you know, I think which would be which would be more right, which would be Marquise Brown. They just so receiver wise, you know, there's nobody that really scares me on no, that he's team. A deep threat, but listen, yeah. keep Kyler Murray in front in the pocket, right? That's it. Keep him right? in front of you. Let him start holding the ball, and this football game will be over by the end of the third quarter. And you know, you yep. get in the red zone, he starts making plays with his legs. That's when you run into trouble. He breaks contain and it's third and twelve, becomes a first and ten after he scampers for twenty-five yards. That can change the momentum. Keep him in front of you, make him hold that damn football, make him throw it away, and the Eagles will be just fine in this game. Period. I'm with it. What's the final score? Oh, here we go. I was so close, I thought I was gonna peg last week. We're riding the train again. I think it, I'm, we're going to go. I'm going to go 38 17 Eagles. Explosion in the desert. 27 16 birds. Yeah, I like it. And if and if Dicker the kicker comes in or whatever his name is, or plays where Elliott, is Dicker? Dicker the kicker. Where, where is Dicker from? What college? I've been trying so to. I research. think he's a Texas Longhorn because I saw a clip that he kicked the Longhorns past Kyler Murray and uh, oh okay and wherever the hell he played in a huge college game once upon a time hit like a game winning walk off field goal. Okay, because so they were like college star. Uh, Eagles fans that dug up that little nugget were already like, well, he's beating Kyler Murray once. So, Yeah, uh, anything to grab onto, a little bulletin board material. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, I just want to say again, I'm very happy for all the Phillies fans out there. Um, all of you that have watched games with me over the last decade plus, I mean, for crying out loud, Jake's 11 years old. He loves the Phillies to death. He's really never seen a playoff game. I mean, he was three wow. the last time the Phillies were in the playoffs. So, wow, um, very cool. You know, stuff like that makes you really appreciate just how miserable it had been for a while. Um, so, shout out to all the peeps and the text threads and the 9801, how many games I watched at the beach house the last decade of the Phillies when I should have been outside enjoying the sun or some drinks on the dock. Um, <laughs> you know who you are, it's well deserved. And I used to yell this all the time at the vet in Citizens Bank Park. And my dad reminded me about it again the other day. I used to tell Pat Burrell, sitting in left field, October baseball. That was the goal in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, get to October baseball. They've done it. Congrats to the Phils. Thank the baseball gods they're in. 
and I can't wait for I don't even know if I can watch any of these games. I got so much damn stuff going on in my life, kids' sports and a hockey season. So I am going to be rattled, and I'm most likely going to miss some or all of these games, but let's hope they get it done. Go Phils. Go Phils. Well said, buddy. All right. John Mita, pleasure is all mine. That's it. Once we dismantle the, the birds from the West, bring on the cowgirls. Holla. Thanks for doing this, brother. Good stuff as always. You got it. Always a pleasure, Joe. Yeah, appreciate Go everybody tuning in. Go Phils. Go Phils. Go Phils. Let's do it. Win some baseball games in St. Louis. Win a football game in the desert. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Love podcast. Till next time, we'll see.